In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents. If you feel depressed and if you feel anxious and you feel confused, you know what? Welcome to the club. Gaspacho police. Oh my God. What a stupid son of a bitch. He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. The Betches Sup Podcast. Sayonara, sucker. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaras. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. We were just chatting before this. It has been a week for me, but you know what, Millie, you gave me some Buddhist advice, and it's been a long week, but at least I am not the queen of England mm-hmm. or in Los Angeles. So. Um, yeah, can I say confession? Mm-hmm. Um, when they said that the, there is the Venice Film Festival, I thought it was Venice, California. <laughs> I was like... Wow, everyone's really in LA. Like, I don't know why this is such a big deal. <laughs> I famously do that all the time. Now. And the reason Millie is saying that because I also had an alternative uh, intro to this where that we did start the week in Venice and we are ending it at Buckingham Palace. Sure looks like the queen is having approaching end of life. She is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been a long life. You're like, where do I go? Yeah, she's she's going to die. Um, Megan and Harry's flying out to Balmore. This, her, her minutes are counted. Um, I will say, I will say, yeah, LA is having really bad weather. It's really tough heat wave. New York, beautiful weather. I was walking the dog today. I was like, it's perfect. It's a little chilly. Like it's not chilly, but it's like, there's a nice breeze, but the sun's out. It's a beautiful day. Do you know what native New Yorkers call that? This is terrible. False fall. They also call it September 11th weather. Because the thing about September 11th is that it really was a beautiful day. Like, there's always an early September. You get the first day of relief from the heat. Yeah. Like, the first day that you kind of feel – it's not just not hot, but you get a little – the slightest little nip, and it's just – it's amazing. And it usually happens either – this year it happened on September 8th, but on 2001 it happened to happen on September 11th. What a a joyful intro. I know. I know somebody – like, so, but I'm not whatever. But <laughs> they like this comedy person got married on September 11, 2002, mm. because it was way cheaper. It must have been so cheap. I, I mean, know. to this day, to this day, I think you can still get a better rate, or you can like negotiate a rate. It's always the last to go. <laughs> yeah. So, especially when it's a weekend. I think this year it might have been a. It's a I Sunday this oh, year. Oh, it's coming up. Oh, it's a Sunday this year. Oh, right. Of course, it's this weekend. Because <laughs> the pools close on September 11th, the public pools. <laughs> oh, really? I'm going to try to get in. What a day of sadness. Uh, so let's talk about the queen and her health. By the time you're listening to this, I mean, we're recording this uh, Thursday at noon. And she has had health scares before. <laughs> she has had many. She's 96 years old. But this is a pretty unique statement we've gotten from them. So the palace released a rare statement this morning that doctors are concerned for the queen's health. And she's under medical supervision at Belmoral. So she's not in the hospital, which is interesting. But like Millie said, family members, including Harry and Meghan, are rushing to her side. You can't think of any, you know, 
there are, people can take turns at the end of life. But if you have an old, older grandparent, like usually when the doctors tell you that's what's going to happen, that is usually the outcome. Just days ago, the queen was in high spirits and greeting the new prime minister, Liz Truss. She has been the queen since 1952. Jesus. So whenever the queen passes away, and I, I'm knocking on wood for, for old Elizabeth. I am hoping she pulls through this. But I just think it's so interesting what happens when the monarch or the majesty passes away. We haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. But it's a whole process. So each member of the royal family has a death plan with a code name. Hers is Operation London Bridge. So once that is you know put into motion, there are lots of things that are executed. When she dies, like within moments, like it has to be so fast. I feel like it's not like when a typical person dies where it's just sort of like you get this paper to this person and then a formal announcement. Like within minutes the of the announcement, the flags are brought to half-staff immediately. The BBC makes an announcement and they stop all other coverage. And I'm sorry, Brits, if the source that I got this from is wrong, but seems fun to me. Mm -hmm. Seems like it happened on the crown. The BBC, I think, is the only one that's supposed to make the first announcement. That's like they get that privilege. So somebody at the BBC will get a call. Like, it's time. State media. Yeah. <laughs> Prince Charles makes a speech the same day. Imagine making a speech the same day your mom dies. I could, Dude, I was just thinking about that. Like, I mean, people say that, I mean, I want you to finish, but like people say that monarchy is a kind of, it's like a human rights violation. It totally. And, like, yeah. it's not, it's not ethical to make people go through this. Like they can't do and wish as they please. They can't like whatever. But the the fact that Prince Charles has to make a speech like that's really rough. But when I think about like Harry and Charles having to I mean, Harry and. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. What's the fucking William. one? Will. Huh? Yeah. Will. Yeah. Um, having to like walk down and like be public spectacle after their mom died. And I, I don't know. I like put myself in that. And I'm just like, I can't imagine like this is not ethical. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure Charles has been waiting for the fucking day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like you can tell, like, for all of Charles's, you know, things that are not likable about him, which are many, you can definitely tell that he, like, has a cherished relationship with his mother. You know, not everybody is that close to their mom. But, like, you can tell that they adore each other. And, like, Charles' personality, too, is, like, he was he never really related with people his age. He was always yeah. with older people and, like, like, that was kind of his whole thing. So I'm sure it's like going to deeply affect him. Mm -hmm. Another interesting thing is that I guess parliamentary business will be suspended for 10 days. No parties on Downing Street. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Take your Coke somewhere else. I mean, but this homegirl Liz Truss now, I mean, she could get like her first two weeks at the as boss taken off if 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 she if this happens. So what a way, what a way what to start. I mean the glass cliff. Yeah. Well, that's what Elise said this morning. She was like, oh my God, is all of British leadership about to turn over in a matter of days? Well, <laughs> like, that's wild. That's good. Gliss is a huge conservative. So, yeah, I, I saw something this morning that was like, she's making her cabinet is like, gonna, not the cabinet, whatever it is, just some of the top roles are none of them are going to be a white man, but they're all so far right. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, let's hope that she gets cancer. You know, not every single woman is for women. And mm -hmm. I, this is honestly one of my favorite quotes that I said, but like Boris Johnson said in his resignation speech, <laughs> them's the breaks. <laughs> them's the breaks. I think that's what Charles should say if he gets to the mic and has, and has nothing. 
But boy, thinking of you across the pond, this is like, this is, this is huge. And right after the 25 year anniversary, and of course, people are blaming Meghan Markle and her interview in the cut, which was like several weeks ago. I Um, thought it was pretty mild. I I mean, I, I, you know. I just I like, didn't actually yeah, I haven't engaged too much with I it. But read, it's well, I think and her podcast re- maybe is juicier, but both I the well the reason her article got like some um traction on Black Twitter, my Black Twitter correspondence, mm-hmm. is that Megan brought up, which was a really good, I think a good point, or many people think it's a good point, but she was like, I was never treated like a black woman when I was growing up, like because I'm ethnically ambiguous, because I mix like people didn't really treat me like a black woman. I'm mixed race like that comes with privileges, which is honestly what people in the black community bring up all the time. But she said when she started dating Harry, that was her first real experience with being a black woman because that's how everyone treats black women all the time. And that was like her first taste of it. And it was shocking to her. And people are like, how dare, you know, like whatever. Mm -hmm. But that was the only thing that really like uh, caused probably like the most biting part of the issue. And the T, you know, people say that actually the queen was very kind to her and Harry, but I don't know. Yeah, don't like, I think people say that Harry and um, the queen have like a special relationship. That's so interesting to hear. I, I need to read that because I feel like. It sounds like, you know, the brand of, like, rich English people racism is different than, like, regular racism because I think that, like, racism here, if you assume somebody is white and you find out that they're black, like, you're, you're just going to be like, oh, wow, they pass. I'm going to treat them like – but the fact that they're, like – it's like a one-drop thing. It's like, oh, well, actually, she's not pure. It's so weird. It's weird and also, like <clears> – <throat> even, like – I mean, even in the crown, like, English racism, like, even if they find out you're a bit Irish – or right, this and that like that's also like a whole thing so, i know i'm like they're so mean and i'm like a fucking jew over here they're like yeah, please man well there is a whole fucking um right yes episodes of downton abbey about mm-hmm. when their girl wanted to date a jew and this girl fucked the irish uh car guy uh so it's like yeah i always surprised. forget i always forget if King Edward, it's Edward Wright got in trouble because he married a divorcee or a Jew, or maybe she was both, but equally, equally appalling to them at the time. Um, yeah, I'm like, forget it. I'm like, which character was that? One of them was a Nazi. Yeah. That oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> good point. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of them was a Nazi. That was a good, let me tell you, that was a good ass episode of The Crown. I, I'm, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm going to have The Crown on as background no- noise all weekend. It's just like a lovely vibe to have on, to have on in the background. I mean, obviously. Oh, in, until this I part. mean, honestly, it's, it's good TV. Congratulations, Charles. It's all you yeah. now. Well, I, yeah, they have to reprint the money too, right? Oh my God. Yeah. That's they have so to nuts. reprint all the money. That's going to be. That's like the big thing. I don't yeah. know. Like, do they take money out of people's wallets? <laughs> <laughs> they go door to door. Show me your bills. They like yeah. to find, they find the strippers and they're like, ma'am, you need to return all of those bills with Her Majesty on them. Well, I will say UK is very good with tap to pay. I'll say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> the strippers Thank goodness. all have square readers. That will pay off. She does leave behind. This is like a real she decided, I think in 2012, that she was no longer going to have any more puppies. She would breed her dogs like she would breed corgis and she would sometimes breed them with dachshunds and have dorgies. And if you have either a corgi or a dachshund, you know that like 
They bit people. <laughs> they barked at people. But eventually she was like, I don't want to leave behind any of my animals. I don't want them to like mourn me. But then a couple years ago, I think last year, Prince Andrew gave her a puppy. Oh, God. And Andrew. then the puppy died five months later of like a condition it was born with. But then I guess it's like, you know, when you get, if you have a dog that dies prematurely, I mean, depending on your situation, I don't know, it's something I think about all the time. I'm like, I know I would need a dog in the home pretty quickly to be part of my like recovery. Mm-hmm. And I that's I think that's what happened to the queen too. So she does have like a young, a young dog right now. And I, I'm sure like a staff member will take it. Like I'm sure she spends like an hour a day with the dogs, you know, gathered at her feet. People are making jokes on Twitter saying it's going to be like in Egypt where they have to kill all the like, I will all take the dogs them. and bury, with her, <laughs> bury her with the dogs. What if she wrote that? Well, fortunately, she only has one. Only one. Only one. Only one dog will I can't imagine. Her. Yeah, that's fine. I can't imagine that um, <laughs> That Charles, he doesn't seem like a dog person to me. <laughs> um, I really. Like, I no, mean, get down. I feel like Harry and Megan. On where do they live? Tyler Perry. I think mansion. she has. Yeah, I think she has dogs. They have chickens. Yeah, they, they have, have chickens. Yeah, yeah they she have has like, like a, a big unruly dog. Like yeah, I well, mean, I I'm think she dog. has. She has a beagle. And if you love beagles and you still haven't heard, there are four thousand beagles in the U.S. that need homes. Have you heard about this? Um, there are always thousands and thousands of animals in the U.S. that need homes, but right now there's a breed, there's a facility where they do animal testing on beagles, which like appallingly is still legal in this country. But this particular facility was just terrible, and advocates and like locals had been advocating for years to get it shut down, and they did. But obviously, something needs to happen with the animals. So like humane societies and shelters across the country have taken them in. Pilots are flying them everywhere. They're all they're all alive and they all have been rescued, but a lot of them are puppies. And like, so if you're you're you've been thinking and you love beagles, there are there are plenty. It's hard to rescue a purebred dog. I it took me a long time, but there are thousands right now for you. Yeah, now I'm remembering um, because I saw that I'm like, where did I hear this from? My cousin was posting that she applied, but it, the competition was very. Fierce I think yeah, in I think the it Brown is Humane Society. Yeah, I don't as I'm like I don't think that they need any any help, but they probably need finding homes, but they definitely need like donations and stuff. So like your local, literally they're all over, all over the country. Yeah. My cousin used to have a beagle named Phoebe. (laughs) That's perfect. They're so cute. They're always just like bellowing at the dog park. Oh my God. And the owner's just looking around apologetically. Oh man. There's an old beagle that goes to the dog park that looks like his old uh, (laughs) owner, you know, and the dogs and the owners look alike. Yeah. (laughs) And the dog and the owner. It's really cute. There are a lot of old beagles in the city. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of 
gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So teachers are on strike today in Seattle as other school districts in the state have reached deals with labor unions. Millie, you pointed this out to us and we really, this, your friend, I think somebody that you know is helping us sort of try to collect some content from the picket line to sort of hear from these teachers, which I hope works out. I'm so excited about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My friend, when I stayed in Seattle, I stayed with a close friend that I knew from when I was a child and she's a teacher and she was just telling me, I mean, you know, my friend doesn't put her business out there and she has type one diabetes. So like having good health care working, like that's important to her, you know, obviously. And, um, you know, she was just sharing like, Oh, like the school districts being such assholes. Like I wish I wish, I hope we don't have to strike because I'm literally going to lose out on pay for two, for how many mm-hmm. every weeks? Like I'd rather not, but you know, yeah, well, that's what a lot of them, you know, said they were like, we have simply been left with no choice. So their yeah. concerns, there have been some strikes in districts really across the country, but also across um, the Seattle area. And some of them have come up with some some deals. But in Seattle today, they are still striking. Yesterday was supposed to be the first day of school. Their concerns relate primarily to classroom sizes and wages and health insurance. Um, a specific concern in Seattle is teacher to student ratios and special education classes. It's just some of this stuff, it's just like, why are we, why is that even on the list of things that you would cut? Like special education teachers, it's appalling. I mean, what else are these kids like supposed to do? Inflation is high and there's a national teacher shortage. So it seems everything should be on teacher sides. Plus teachers, teachers say school budgets are apparently much healthier now than they were during the pandemic. And those gains should obviously go back to teachers, teachers, you know, whatever, whatever, agreement they come up with now, you know, like, especially with inflation, it's like, you're probably just making up, making up a gap. And these teachers, you know, deserve to be valued more. Teachers in Denver and Columbus, they've earned pay increases during bargaining in recent weeks. So hoping for maybe a similar outcome or, or a better one here, but you know, 
the raises basically, you know, they they pace with inflation. So just just to really hit home that these teachers are really asking for I, I honestly am it blows my mind anyone's still a teacher, the way that they're treated. It's it really sucks. It's really sad. I mean, you know me, like it, it gets so dark when you start to think of like these are things that Republicans try to do to like undervalue public education, you know, because that so like basically rich people can have really great teachers and really great resources and everyone else is left to ship. I guess like the thing for me, you know, having come from uh, coming from Seattle, you know, they have a really like just to paint the picture for me because I didn't get it. And maybe the Seattle mm -hmm. uh, listeners can have insight. But it's like you go to this downtown and there's a bunch of skyscrapers like there are in New York City, in downtown Miami, in L.A. And my friend is just like. That building is Amazon. That building is Amazon. This is Amazon. Crazy. This is Amazon. We drove through. We made it like through a neighborhood. And she's like, oh, all of this is a Google campus. Oh, this is where Expedia is going to be. Like, like corporations have taken over that entire Microsoft, city. Microsoft, yeah. And Microsoft. And which, whatever, like that's a whole other thing. And they got thing. tax breaks to do it. And they got because tax they create a job and bring in a tax base who creates more tax revenue to pay teachers for God's sakes. Exactly. Please. That's that's my entire point is that like yeah. a city that has this much wealth, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, all of that, like it should not like teachers shouldn't struggle to pay health insurance or to get a living wage or any of that. Like it it's it's crazy. Like teachers should be like the it should be the easiest best job, but yeah. This is what I'm talking about. This is what people are also saying with, and I'm going to, I always bring this up of like, can you imagine how this country would be different if teachers were paid at the scale and at the overtime rate of police officers? Yeah. Uh, Cause police officers easy make six figures. Yeah. And the government pays them and overtime, whatever. And, and they get like subsidized housing a lot of times. So yeah, and Crazy. basically cops and teachers are being held equally responsible for stopping school shootings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and a lot of we teachers have. now have to have guns. Like, it's just so crazy. Uh, and Yeah, they're I raising mean, money on Amazon wish list. I mean, it's just – we just rely on, like, their passion. But I've seen a lot of teachers – like, I, I sometimes get on, like, teacher talk and just the class sizes. And they'll explain, you know, what that, what that leads to and what it does lead to eventually. I can't remember where I read this. It's like – a deprofessionalization of teaching is ultimately more cost effective for a government, but it's like the bigger these classes get, and this is probably already happening some places, then you have huge classes. So then you have a teacher, but then you have like, I don't know if they're teacher assistants or even like, I don't want to say below mm -hmm. that, but like just people that are not, that are there to babysit, that are a yeah. warm body. And that's not what you're sending your kid to, to school for. But the more that that I'm so it is so important that these teachers strike and put up a barrier against that, even though it costs them, because it is such a slippery slope. And as you begin to normalize 30 kids in a class, then 35 doesn't seem as crazy. And then 40 doesn't seem as crazy. And then having one entire grade in a gymnasium with a couple robots doesn't seem crazy. Well, and the thing about teachers and special education is like, the reality is like, School, public schools, like that is people's first, like they call it early intervention. Like mm -hmm. 
the the reason why you need people to have a bachelor's degree, Florida, or even a master's <laughs> degree, is so that people go to school to learn what is a, a a normal or not normal, but like a level of reading comprehension, listening, all of that that is benchmarked for a certain age. And when students, when you have a smaller class, a teacher is able to read and understand these issues mm. and and see these students and be like, hey. This kid isn't socializing at the level a four-year-old should be doing. This They might have mm -hmm. autism. Can we get some resources to this? Or they might have ADHD. Or they might be getting abused at home, honestly. You know, because that's also, they're mandated reporters. Yeah. That's a lot. of And, like, the thing is, nine times out of ten with these school shooters, a teacher has recognized behavior that, again, they learn from college, from getting mm -hmm. a master's. I mean, like, hey, something's off about this kid. What's his situation going on at home? And it's the police, FBI, whatever, that don't fucking take it seriously. So, like, mm -hmm. that's the whole, I mean, you know, with these strikes, like, it's so fucking important. But it's also, like, it's important to have people who are professional, like you said, you know, and they try to do this with jobs that women have, you know, overwhelmingly. Is like they try to cut down or say that it's not as important or whatever, but it's like it is a real career. It is a real job and you need a lot of training to do it properly. And if so, and it, I don't know, teachers mm -hmm. have all my respect. I know. I, I thought during the whole pandemic, it's like, yes, like doctors, there are a lot of male doctors and they didn't have PPE either, but I feel like nurses were kind of last on the list. It's like, I just can't imagine that you would tell a profession that's made up of like 90% men to just like wear the same mask over and over again, just like figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure that our teacher listeners were just like nodding furiously at everything you were saying. Like why class sizes, you like you got across why class sizes are important. Like this is what you are, this is what you are paying for. I just, with the amount of, of people, with the amount of children with autism, it's just disgusting that they would that they would come for that. Like that's not going to de decrease. Parents need resources. They're going to get in trouble for this. So, thank you to those teachers. Hopefully, maybe by the time that we can share their statements, they'll they'll have a an agreement, but this is unfortunately going to happen in other places and happen again. Yeah, it's really pisses me off in these cities that like Denver and Seattle where like y'all got money. Y'all got money. money. So many fucking tech companies moved to Denver like Come on. And then it's also like everyone talks about tax cuts, tax breaks, whatever. It's like, I don't know if my taxes are going to kids like right. getting early interventions or yeah. programs like why the fuck not? I don't know. I mean, uh, historically, I, I do think that, you know, you trusted that when you sent your kids to school that that the people would be paying attention enough to inform you of those things. But like, yeah, to be a parent now and then to be like, well, my, my kid's going to be with 50 people. So that's all on me now on top of all of the other shit I have to do as a parent that I, that I don't get help with. Well, at least we have streaming. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a few incredibly expensive fantasy series have premiered recently. Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power premiered on Amazon and also the Game of Thrones prequel. Are you a big fantasy fan? Um, no. Reluctantly, no? <laughs> Reluctantly, no. Uh, no. But I will say Neither. on Amazon, I watched The Summer I Turned Pretty and that was a really good show. Oh, that's uh, on my list. So yeah, it's really good. I'm going to finish I do this not think that never have I ever. Yeah, it's honestly never have I ever. It's made. It's written by the same girl who wrote to all the boys. 
Ah, right, uh, right. Jenny Han. So yeah. I'm telling you, that's a good, and that's on Amazon, but I do not think that costs much to <laughs> me. <laughs> no, Jeff Bezos spent $700 million on this show. Most of that, I think, was on IP, was on the intellectual property, just getting the right to make it at all. And he wanted it because he wanted he wanted to have kind of like his own Game of Thrones. He wanted to have a big production to to compete with Game of Thrones on HBO. But apparently this was this was a worthless effort if Amazon was going to bother casting non-white people, according to some very vocal viewers on the internet. Mm-hmm. People feel extremely strongly that these completely fake, totally made up, not real characters in a not real world must be white as mm-hmm. the human the, our human race conceives as white. So some of the original characters in the book are described along racial lines. Like, I think maybe that's what they're – like, there are occasionally that's like an alabaster elf, you know, but – and these people are really up in arms. But there's also some racist depictions. There's some depictions of enemies as being a different color. So obviously the show was not going to mirror that. The cast is pretty diverse with black actors starring in prominent roles. There's a prominent interracial relationship. It's not even interracial. Is it interracial if it's like elves? (laughs) I don't know. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Like – (laughs) <laughs> the show was flooded with so many one-star reviews that Amazon just stopped letting people leave any reviews. You can't review the show anymore. I don't know whether that was an option. <laughs> the racist abuse, it's also happening to characters on the new Game of Thrones show. Basically, you know, the same deal, the same type of the same type of critique. Steve Tassan, who plays a big character in the prequel, said of the complaints, this is a quote, they are happy with a dragon flying, they're happy with white hair and violet-colored co- eyes, but a rich black guy... That's beyond the pale. And finally, to round us out, King of Punching Down, Elon Musk, said that Tolkien would be turning in his grave at the adaptation. I don't think he made a remark on the race directly, but he did say that every male character is so far a coward, a jerk, or both. Well. <laughs> Takes one to know one, <laughs> Mr. Musk. Um, That's so funny. D- yeah. Like, <laughs> the men are being poorly represented. Well. Um, you know what I was thinking? A, a real story Please. that has every man as a jerk is Roma. And that really would happen in every single <laughs> So Yeah, I didn't like, see Elon Musk to sounding off about, about Roma. Every guy in Roma sucks. And it's like, right, every guy in many movies big. suck. Yeah. Um, but look. this whole thing is, I sent you a tweet earlier just with these like, super worked up racist nerds, I guess. That I was the one who flagged this to it. you because yeah, like, yeah. this is crazy. Uh, you know, like again, imaginary. This happened uh, many, many years ago with Hunger Games too. And I mean, I think mm. this is, you know, part of something that's happening where like the default is white, you know, in all these things. And now as things are slightly changing, again, they like to call Hollywood woke like a bunch of fucking like Rutherford Falls, the Native American yeah. comedy show got canceled. Every sh- like a lot of reboots are canceled. Everything gets canceled. Saved by the Bell. Like you cannot say that Hollywood is like has this woke agenda when they continuously cancel. Yes, literally like not in the theoretically uh, what I way of right. To, you know, saying giving that, you like, giving one season is not is not suddenly all of Hollywood is woke. Canceling yeah like, exactly dozens of shows after a season, if not hundreds. Yeah, but it's like this thing of like, it is this shift that they just never thought would happen in their lifetime, where the entire world isn't, even fantasy worlds aren't, um, mm. you know, centered on white male characters and male point of views and male perspectives. And it's also like, 
I don't know. It's, it's a fucking dragon show. Who cares? Yeah. Well, the, with these books too, it's it's also like there are some like vague references to the the place and like what some of the people look like, but white people are not the only people reading this book. So you think you're the only people reading these books and imagining that the characters look like you? Like, yeah. it is like, I don't know, Millie, is it dissonant when you read a book and you imagine what characters look like and then you see an adaptation and it's, I mean, I guess it's not because you're used to white heteronormative patriarchy, but it's like, you are not the center of the world. There are other consumers of media who are important. Can I say when, when I would read Harry Potter and watch Harry Potter I'm like, did not think that was pronounced that way. <laughs> I don't know what I thought Quidditch. I did not think it was. <laughs> well, Watching was like- Harry Potter <laughs> is probably still to this day one of the most mind-blowing experiences of my life. The first time for- after reading the book. Yeah, just. Because you're like, that's how that's said or this is what or this is what she's talking about. Um, and yeah, like, I think two things, right? It's like, one, it's like white characters are not the only consumers. So... There's that. Everyone has, I think, you know, everyone has, I mean, this is like a thing that happens with writers, sketch writers, and even creative writers, whatever, is like the things that you have in your head as a creative and what's actually executed, like there's always going to be a gap because no one lives in your head. But also like you have to think of, there are so many creative people attached to these shows, like the directors and all that stuff. And like, they're going to want to leave their mark. So it's like all in agreement and all coming into the thing. So it's like, yeah, like it's not like, that's the same thing as like Jane Austen being like, Oh, Jane Austen is turning in her grave because fire Island came out. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not how she imagined. She didn't imagine pride and prejudice with gay Asian guys, but it's like, (laughs) that is, but like, that is the artistic take. Like that is where the creativity comes. Mm -hmm. And like, just like that, like this IP or whatever, especially because they paid all this fucking money. Like it's Amazon's now and all this stuff. And like, it's the same thing right now. um, Winnie the Pooh's IP just like is now free range. Like anyone can do anything. So they're making, they make uh, Winnie the Pooh blood and honey. Like it's a horror film where Winnie the Pooh like murders a bunch of people and shit. Um, But it's like, yeah, like that is the creative license. Mm -hmm. Of course people can be like, Oh, the author can turn in his grave. And it's like, that's how creativity works. Like people have their own things. So I don't know. Elon Mm -hmm. Musk is a dick. Um, (laughs) Well, he also was like shouting at like, like Neil Gaiman about it. I don't know if I can route him pronouncing his name right. I've only ever read it, but the prominent author, like being like, they were getting in a Twitter fight over it. And then everybody was yelling at Neil for writing this show, which he did not. These people are just extremely, extremely upset. But I think, yeah, like you said, it's like people are very possessive over this thing that they're realizing isn't, isn't like theirs. It's not privileged to just like them and their, their whiteness. It's, it's a the, hard, yeah, it's hard I guess. to swallow, I guess. But I will say, I don't know if we ever talked about this. This might be a little tangent, Amanda. But right. remember how we talked about how Elon Musk had a kid? With yeah. yeah. Fucking, that shit was in vitro. Fertilization. I know. I so read that after and I thought weirder. about our conversation. Because remember that whole conversation revolved around if we would if we would have sex with him. And we're like, that's the main, the main barrier. Yeah, that she literally was like, please, Elon, just in a cup for me. Mm-hmm. I think they were still sleeping together, but the fact, I don't know. I don't know. But like, maybe, you know, he was probably like this way. We can probably do more than one. 
It's just sicker. I think it's sicker. (laughs) I think I'd rather have sex with him once than plan a fucking future with those kids. That inheritance is dwindling. Yeah, that's like, I bet that was his idea because that's not like a fun situation for the lady. But I I actually am certain he was like, you know what? I Because, you know, he like loves to like procreate. So he was like, I want to try, like, let's make like six embryos and throw them all in there. Oh my God! No, See I think they still were. We they had to have been having an affair. No one would just do that with their boss. <laughs> like go to fucking appointments and shit. And yeah, just like every male loves to procreate, doesn't love to take care. No, doesn't love to like be there physically. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm like, how do you have time to tweet about fucking Lord of the Rings <laughs> like when you got 15 kids. goddamn kids <laughs> <laughs> and cars that don't work? All right, and we are going to do. Up. Our, our Thursday segment. Millie, what has been getting you through the week? Is there a show or a book or a practice that has been keeping you centered this week? Um, yeah, you know, I've been trying to eat better and, um, you know, work, cook my own meals at home. And I've been rewatching, uh, <laughs> this is very ner- nerdy, but The Legend of Korra, uh, which is an mm-hmm. Avatar Airbender thing. <laughs> so I've been watching that. I love uh, watching movies before I go to bed. Yeah. And that's been keeping You'll watch a full movie before you go to bed and you'll actually pay attention to it? No. I, you know, this is fucked up because, (laughs) like, sometimes I'll have people sleep over, like, a family for whatever. And I just turn on a movie and I doze off immediately, like, at the end of the day. And then somebody, one time I watched that with, like, Shrek 3. I did not watch it at all. And this guy was like, I watched all of it. (laughs) You left it on. Every time I tried to turn it off, you yelled at me. That's so Uh, And I'm like, oh, well, now I got to watch it. He's like, I'm not watching it again. I I will fucking kill you. No, uh, no. I'm like that too. Yeah. What's getting you through the week, Amanda? Uh, Nothing. This week is terrible for me, as I told you before we got on the mic. (laughs) That's not what you wrote on the fucking outline. (laughs) I did have to come up with something. The Obamas at the White House really was like an elixir for me. Like it, it really... It, it was needed. It was a warm hug. I didn't know that it was happening. I mean, what a treat. Everybody, I thought they already had their portraits. Mm-hmm. And now we get new White House portraits. These were actually their White House portraits because Trump never let them. That's actually, a That's lo- Trump it. does a lot of stuff. But something about like to, to not, to to block the hanging of the portraits of the first black president and first black lady in the White House for four years. That's so, so dark. That's so fucked up. But he hates he hates I Obama know. so much, like it's so crazy because it's like he's the antithesis of like everything. Instead of yeah. like this nepotism, whatever, he actually worked for stuff. I will say, can I say, if we could go back, circle back to the beginning, because I'm interested to hear <laughs> what you think. Everything that you said that uh Buckingham Palace has to do for when the Queen dies, like B BCC uh, yeah, yeah. not posting and everything. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, what's gonna happen to Fox News when Trump dies? Oh uh, you think God. they're gonna cut off? What is Air is Eric or Don Jr. gonna do a speech? Like, let's just imagine that for a second. And I feel like that'll bring warmth to your week, Amanda. <laughs> it really will. It really will. Cause they're just gonna be like, what are we gonna talk about? We have to cut, we can't make payroll. Or you think they're going to be like Meghan McCain and talk about their dad all the time? No, you're right. It's going to be like the sickest thing. It's going to be like North Korean state media for sure, Mm. if it isn't already. But yeah, there's going to be – they're going to put flags with his face on it. It's going to be sick. Do you think he's going to play my – they're going to play my way at the funeral (laughs) by Frank Sinatra? (laughs) 
I totally forgot that happened. Do you know what we should do? You know what would be really fun is just sort of like relive like Inauguration Day again because it was just like there was so much of the end of the Trump presidency that was just like we just got to get to 1 p.m. And there are some where I I return to them. Like like obviously Four Seasons Total Landscaping. I really encourage you just to sit with that when you're feeling low. Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Honestly, that was Within moments of Pennsylvania being announced. The the second best thing that could have ever happened. Wait, but before we end, you you have to tell everybody about your solo show. Yes. Oh, my God. I was just going to say I have not plugged my solo show. I'm doing a show in high school. I was a finalist for Class Clown and didn't win. <laughs> Famously. That's hilarious. Famously. I was nominated, didn't win. So Among how many finalists? Before four. I let you There's four. Okay. Four women, four men. <laughs> so there were eight. No, no, no. There's a female class clown and a okay, male okay, class okay, clown. Okay. And I was a finalist in the female category. Because women aren't funny. Yeah. Well, no, they are. I'm just uh, wasn't, too funny. I just yeah. wasn't the funniest. Um, but so, you know, I am my show at Union Hall, September 15th at 7 p.m. Um, is just re- me really like proving to take back the title. And, you know, there's going to be. Uh, I'm just going to bear it out out there and then the audience will vote to see if I win class clown. Do you know the fate of the person who did triumph over you? Okay, this is also going to be a New York based comedian. Guess what? She's a fucking (laughs) she's a fucking CrossFit influencer with like 200,000 followers. (laughs) She's, She's not. Like, I'm dead. I was like, okay, I'm well, I'm really winning. And then I All saw right, her well. Instagram and I'm like, oh my God. Listen. Hundreds of thousands we'll of TikTok it. followers to millions of views on our videos. God damn is it. She, is she funny in them? Um, You know, to some people she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Well, you know what? Maybe that's your move, Millie. Just pick heavy shit up and put it down. Yeah, you need to start of fucking of followers away. lift up tires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) That is our show. Yes, buy tickets now. It is September 15th at Union Hall. We'll see you guys next week until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.